friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all of our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Muck Bell Yabro. Sonny Young is taking a break from his mic, and I'm back filling in for him here in Washington. Welcome to the January 27th edition of the Sunny Side of Sports. Let's start off the show with Samson O'Malley, bringing us a roundup of all the latest news, kicking off with the African National Championships. Sporty greetings, Samson. Sporty Friday greetings to you too, Mark Bill. We begin the wrap of Africa Sports highlights for this weekend in Algeria, where the quarterfinal lineup at the 2022 African Nations Championship have been determined. Host Algeria will play Cote d'Ivoire. Algeria progressed to the quarterfinal after going undefeated in the group stages, finishing top of Group A with 9 points. Friday or the match will see Senegal who finished top of Group B trade tackles with Mauritania at the 19 May 1956 stadium in Anaba. On Saturday, the Berea of Mozambique will face a tough battle against Madagascar, a team that has been very effective in attack with 8 goals scored. Then Ghana will play Niger in Oran in the last of the series of quarterfinal matches. Staying with the Chan, the Biennial tournament exclusively for players who currently ply their trade in their own nation's domestic league represent an opportunity for local stars to test their mettle in a continental contest and against Africa's finest home base players. The tournament has proven to be a rich hunting ground for heads of recruitment, player agents, and scouts from around the world. Mamelodi Sundowns of South Africa Chief Scout Estrom Nyandoro says their scouting mission of looking for a striker in the Chan tournament is yielding positive results. At this moment in time, we came with a specific uh, position that we are looking for, uh, of course, which is a striker, but not just any striker. We have seen so many good uh, uh, strikers in this tournament, but there is a specific striker that we need at Sundowns, at Manila Sundowns Football Club, and, and, and that features our, our attributes, uh, what we are looking for. And, um, but not to close in any other position. Uh, I think we, we've seen so many good players in different positions. And now to Liberia, where the Liberian Football Association has named former Paris Saint-Germain youth coach Ansu Keita as the new coach of the country's national team. Keita will manage the Lyon star for the next two years with a mandate to qualify the country to the 2025 Africa Cup of Nations finals. Outside the overall mandate, Coach Keita speaks of his expectation as coach of the Lyon star. My plan is to make Liberia competitive. Our team should be... Uh, recognized by our DNA, how we play. And so I want the, the world to know that Labroa is now on a different direction. And the direction is for greatness. We will play good football. We will change everything around us to make it positive. And we will partake and we will be committed you know, competitive with other countries. Football is about scoring goals and Coach Keita says if they prepare well enough against their opponents, getting the results and qualifying for the 2025 Nations Cup will be an easy task for the team. And the medic right now, it may be uh, unrealistic, but it also can be realistic. It depends on how well we will prepare ourselves. The result will come and we will try to bring the result. This is football. I will repeat, football is very fast. And it depends on how you prepare yourself. So we're going to get ourselves prepared. 
and we have no excuse because we are our country. Staying with football news, Tunisian legend and AFCON 2004 champion Karim Hagui has questioned the congestion of CAF club football calendar with the addition of the African Super League. The Africa Super League will be an annual continental club football competition run by CAF that is set to kick off in August 2023. The motive behind this new vision is the massive financial returns that will exceed the barrier of $200 million with a drive to generate close to $3 billion dollars in revenue but Hagui is saying no one is paying attention to the players who are currently having to deal with a cramped schedule yes we heard the new competition and we ask where is the player the player they play every year 70 games I'm not uh, okay with the new competition the player he don't have time to, to recover yeah okay maybe it's good for, for 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 money and for publicity okay but the player I don't think you play in Europe 50 or this is 60 games and then you, you we, we talk now about uh, January but in, in Africa too, we have Champions League you have Afcon you have uh, the, the the league the Chan is the competition is too much I think it's uh, we have to be careful be careful what we do with the player and now to netball. South African national netball team, the Proteas, has stepped up their preparations towards the Netball World Cup after ending the quad series where the world's top four nations competed. South Africa lost by a narrow seven-point margin against Australia in their third-place playoff. Netball Proteas' assistant coach is Dusanani Chioke. She speaks of their preparations ahead of the World Cup. I know Netball South Africa uh, was using the Quad Series 2023 to just gauge and, and check um, their readiness for the World Cup uh, coming down to Cape Town in 2023 in July. Uh, but us as a team as well was on, an opportunity to go out there uh, against world number one, two and three uh, and play against them and see how we fare. Um, sort of like also check and gauge our progress and identify areas that we need to go back to the drawing board on and try and improve on in the next couple months before July 28th when that first center pass is played. In athletics, Kenya's Betty Wilson-Lempus has been handed a five-year ban for using the prohibited substance trimicinolone acetonide and tampering with doping control. The Athletics Integrity Unit said on Thursday that Lempus tested positive following her win in Paris in September 2021. She joins a growing list of disgraced Kenyan athletes. They include Olympic marathon champion Jemima Sungong, Olympic bronze medalist and former men's marathon world record holder Wilson Kipsang, half-marathon runner Tabita Guchia, Wumbai, and Boston Marathon winner Diana Kipyoke. And out to Uganda, where the Ugandan Golf Union president Moses Matsieko says more junior golf camps will be held to identify talents in the bid to feed future national teams. Mr. Maseko said as part of its strategic plan for developing golf in the East African country, priority will be given to junior golf programs. 2022-2025 strategic plan for Uganda Golf Union. The first priority goes to junior development. So keep training hard, keep having these hard days. Eventually when you're skilled to the level that is required, believe me, you'll be rewarded either by playing for the national team or even higher. The more you train, the more you play, the more you go to school and pass your school, the more it gets better for you in the game of golf. The tournament was organized to climb as the month-long holiday training camp held at the Entebbe Golf Club. 
Secretary General of the Namibia Paralympics Committee, Michael Hamukuyawa, has appealed for an early release of funds required for athletes to start timely preparations ahead of the athletic season. The local sporting calendar for Namibia para-athletes is set to kick off this weekend at the coast with a track and field competition. Meanwhile, the first international event is scheduled for March in South Africa, where the South African Sports Association for the Fiscally Disabled Competition will take place. The All-African Games in Ghana, as well as the World Championships in Paris in July, are amongst the major competitions on the calendar. Hamakuyawa said they also want to branch out to different sport codes and not just focus on track and field. This time around, it's really a lot of investment that is needed, even from now, to make sure at least this athlete, they, they participate in those games, but before that, definitely they need to go to other preparatory events that are around the world so that they can be ready when it comes to those events. They can really come out with better ranking that can really put Namibia so that we're at that level to get actually a, a more slots for the Olympic Games. Thanks, Samson. <laughs> VOA Africa would like to hear from you. Send us a text message or a voice note on WhatsApp 24-7. Leave a comment, request, or send us a greeting, and you could be hearing your message on VOA Africa. Simply dial the international code plus one, then 202-258-3076. We are always happy to hear from you. The number again is international code plus one, then 202-258-3076. VOA Africa, your trusted source for news, sports, entertainment and music. You're listening to the sunny side of sports on VOA. I'm Muck Bill Yabaro, and I'm filling in for Sonny Young this week. Now we head to South Africa. The first black player to captain South Africa's world-renowned rugby team, the Springboks, has disappointed sports fans in the Rainbow Nation by announcing he'll be leaving the country later this year. Sia Colossi led the box to a record-equalizing third World Cup title in 2019. The man who grew up in an impoverished township is expected to lead the team in its defense of the title in France later this year. Darren Taylor has more from Johannesburg. Rugby was once the preserve of white South Africans, but the games following in the country has changed dramatically since the fall of apartheid in 1994. While South Africa's white citizens still live and breathe the rough game, Growing numbers of their black compatriots continue to flock to the sport. Over the past three decades, many black players have starred for the Springboks. But it's Sia Kulisi who's arguably the most adored by virtue of the team's 2019 World Cup final triumph in Yokohama, Japan. Rank outsiders and having lost their opening game to New Zealand, Kulisi led from the front playing through injuries to drag the box to the final. Opponents, England, were the favourites, but Colisi and his team obliterated them, 32-12. See Colisi and South Africa are rugby World Cup kings in Japan! Colisi returned to South Africa a national hero. 
the sight of the big man being mobbed by white and black fans across South Africa remains a powerful symbol of an ever-changing nation. From there, the story of how Kulisi, who grew up so poor that his parents couldn't afford food, shaped a World Cup winning squad, became legend. That gained even more momentum when the Springboks won World Team of the Year at the Laureus International Sports Awards in Berlin, Germany, in 2020. In his acceptance speech, Colisi told how a diverse band of players, including white Afrikaners with rich rugby bloodlines, mixed-race players who'd been ridiculed for being too small, and black players from poor families like his, had united to become the best team on the planet. We fought so hard for each other because our country at the time was going through such a difficult period. We had gender-based violence, we had xenophobia, and we gave it everything we can. And we didn't only see South Africa come together when we brought back the trophy. We inspired a lot of kids to live their dreams. Now a kid from the township who can't afford school shoes, who walks to school and who doesn't eat each and every single day can stand here and be a Rugby World Cup winning captain. Thank you so much, everybody. Enjoy the rest of the Rugby analyst Jan de Quinnen describes Colisi's impending relocation to France as a big loss to his homeland. But he believes the Springbok captain's making the correct call. CS31, he's played 75 tests for South Africa and he's won as a World Cup. So I don't want to say he has every right to go earn a pension because for CS it's, it's a lot more. It's about his family. De Quinnen, who's quite close to Colisi and his family, says the Bok leader is tired of travelling and wants to spend more time with his wife and kids. He could be up to six months at a time with, out of the country and not be with his family. This will allow his family to be closer to him a lot more and he'll spend a lot more time with his family because that's how the system works in France. But he adds, Colisi is by no means joining Paris-based Racing Club 92 simply to ease toward retirement. And they're one of the top French clubs. They've won the championship a few times. They're one of the leading teams in Europe. De Quinnung says racing are getting one of the best flank forwards and one of the most popular players in world rugby. A player like Sia will always attract lots of fans and supporters from the club. So for the club, it's a massive marketing tool to have these players on their books. And uh, Sia has got lots of experience and he's a good leader. I mean, to be quite honest with you, I think Sia at times is an underrated leader in even his own country. I think he's proven his doubters wrong and he's proven just what a great leader he is. Colisi is one of a few Springboks who will be moving to Europe after the World Cup in October. Usually after a World Cup, you find that a lot of players move, especially in South Africa. So they'll stay around for the World Cup and then there's a lot of movement. New Zealand is usually another country that has a lot of it. So it's not unusual to have these players looking for a new chapter in their lives, especially players who are getting on in their careers. And it's got but before Colisi can think of sauntering down the Champs-Élysées and wandering the Louvre, he'll be leading the Springboks into some grueling encounters in 2023. Their international season will kick off in a few months' time with clashes against their Southern Hemisphere rivals, Argentina, Australia and New Zealand. The box are then scheduled to play a few warm-ups before heading to France to defend the World Cup. For the sunny side of sports, I'm Darren Taylor in Johannesburg.
Thanks, Darren. Let's head back to the soccer pitch with VOA's Gwen Uten. Rwanda's Football Federation has announced it's investigating an incident of verbal abuse against female referee Salima Mukasanga. Last Friday, fans from Kivio Football Club repeatedly chanted insults and offensive slurs towards her during the team's nil-nil draw against Gasogi United. The Rwandan Football Federation has condemned the abuse and launched an investigation earlier on this week. The Kivio Football Club stated that any form of disrespect will not be tolerated and vowed to name and shame those responsible. The investigation coincides with news that Mukasanga has been selected as one of four Africans named to officiate the coming FIFA Women's World Cup in Australia and New Zealand. In 2022, Mukasanga made history as the first woman to officiate at the Men's Africa Cup of Nations and as one of the first female referees chosen for the Men's World Cup tournament in Qatar. VOA's Gwen Un takes a look at how Mukasanga continues to blaze a trail on the football pitch. Sporty greetings, Gwen. Sporty greetings, Mukbil. This month, the FIFA Referees Committee announced the names of match officials who have been selected for this year's Women's World Cup. And Rwandan Salima Mukansanga has made the list of central referees who will officiate the upcoming tournament. At the start of 2022, Mukansanga made history in Cameroon when she became the first woman to referee a match at the Men's Africa Cup of Nations. And following her appointment, Mukansanga said becoming the first woman to officiate an AFCON game will pave the way for more female referees on the continent. We are here not because we had favor to be here. It's just chance. It's no, because we deserve to be here. We have a background and from that background is passion and from that passion is hard work and from that hard work. This is the fruit. So back home, we have been working very hard because a lot say women, they can't run at the pace of men's speed and whatever. Yes, uh, we can't be men, but we can do our best to be on the same level. It's honor. It's a privilege. It's a pleasure to me, to the rest of women, African women referees. It's a, a moment, it's an opportunity we get now to open the door and to show that all women African, they are capable. They can reach to that stage. They can deliver what they know and what they have, and they are ready for the next that same year, Ugandan sports journalist Usher Kumangisha told Reuters News, Mukansanga displays the same ease and determination on the pitch that helped her reach the pinnacle of football on the African continent. You have to go all the way back to 1957. That is 65 years of uh, Afcon history, and she's right here in the center and doing an incredible job. You know, when I see her, uh, it's really a story of... Um, you know, a woman who is resilient. Uh, at 33, she's handling, uh, you know, games at the biggest tournament on this continent. It's an inspiration for women uh, who want to be like her because, in fact, for so many people who don't know when she started uh, her career, when she got the interest uh, to be a referee, she was playing football in primary and secondary school. Uh, and then uh, the Rwandan FA at the time said, look, you're very young to be a referee. Uh, but she waited out. She told herself uh, the rules of the game and here she is. 
Football fans who witnessed Mukansanga make history at AFCON in 2022 called it a big step forward for women in Africa. Uh, seeing a women being empowered, uh, this means that we are going forward uh, moving as Africa, whereby uh, women are being represented and are being also involved in these sports that, you know, for a long time they is regarded as for men. So seeing a women, uh, it also shows power. We're seeing women doing great things. So I'm so proud uh, of the referee and I'm also proud of me as a woman. So I think it's going to inspire other women in the continent to compete and go for the course as well so that they can compete in on greater events like the Afcon competitions. Mukansanga's success has been fueled by a passion for the sport, with an interest that began as a player and then shifted to the middle of the field as a referee. Kigali WFC team coach Ejidi Kayatesi trained Mukansanga in her youth and remembers her as a standout athlete. <laughs> Kayatesi says, I had a good time with her. Mugansanga has an exceptional character, and when she has a match, she prepares for it by consulting refereeing books to do things correctly. She is someone who gives great importance to each game, and that's why Salima has reached this level. Mukansanga was involved in matches at the Tokyo Olympics in 2021, and after making history at AFCON last year, she became one of the first female referees in history to officiate the Men's FIFA World Cup at the just-concluded tournament in Qatar. Mukansanga is now preparing to officiate her second Women's World Cup after making her tournament debut in 2019. She'll be joined by three central referees from Africa at this year's Women's World Cup. Morocco's Boutra Karboubi, Tongolese referee Vicentra Emidome, and Akahona Makalima of South Africa. The 2023 World Cup tournament will be held in Australia and New Zealand, the first ever co-hosted Women's World Cup. The tournament kicks off with a group stage match between hosts New Zealand and Norway on July 20th. And that is all for me, Mookbill. Back over to you. Hello. This is Heather Maxwell, host of Music Time in Africa. Join me every Saturday and Sunday for an hour of awesome African music. Wake up. Like to stay on top of new music trends? Breakout artists? New releases? Maybe you just love the classic styles and artists of the past. Or simply the sound and feel of a good beat. Whatever your pleasure, you can get it every week right here on Music Time in Africa. So join me on your local FM station, Saturdays and Sundays at 1500 and 2000 UTC. For fans of National Football League action in the U.S., this will be a big weekend. The Cincinnati Bengals can return to the Super Bowl if they defeat the Kansas City Chiefs in the conference title game on Sunday. This will be the second year in a row the two Midwestern Giants have met in the title game. A year ago, Cincinnati beat the Chiefs in the AFC Conference game, but fell to the Los Angeles Rams in the Super Bowl. 
The Bengals have a 14 and 4 record this season while the Chiefs are at 15 and 3. The Bengals will be relying on quarterback Joe Burrow while Patrick Mahomes will lead the Chiefs. Also, on Sunday, the Philadelphia Eagles will take on the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC Conference Championships. 49ers will rely on Brock Purdy, who is just the third rookie quarterback to win his first two postseason starts. The Eagles may not have been a preseason favorite to get here, but they have seen near perfection with quarterback Jalen Hurts and have a 15-3 record. The 49ers are at 15-4. The Super Bowl, one of the world's biggest sports events, will be on Sunday, February 12th. And Sonny will be back to give you all the details on that. On VOA Africa Radio, we let the sound tell you the story. News, sports, science and entertainment. Available to you 24-7. Tune in on your local FM stations. We are also available on the medium waves, 909 kHz and 1530 kHz. Our short waves are 6080, 15580, 4930, 15165, 15580 and 17530 kHz. VOA Africa, your trusted source for news and information. And finally, let's hit the court. Novak Djokovic shrugged off controversy involving his father today to reach a record-extending 10th Australian Open final on Friday. His win sets up a blockbuster final with Greek trailblazer Stefanos Tsitsipas. Nine-time champion Djokovic outgunned American Tommy Paul at Rod Laver Arena to make it to Sunday's final. Tsitsipas saw off Russian 18th seed Karen Kachanov to become the first Greek to reach the title match. Sirenin Djokovic created a distraction for his son Novak ahead of the semifinal after a video emerged showing him with fans holding Russian flags, which were banned at Melbourne Park early in the tournament. After calls for Jovac Sr. to be banned from the tournament, he declined to attend the semifinal, saying he wanted to avoid disruption for his son. Djokovic defended his father, saying he had been misused by Russian fans and that media had misinterpreted the video as a show of support for Russia's war in Ukraine. In the women's final on Saturday, Arna Sabalenka faces Elena Rybikina. It will be Sabalenka's first singles title match at a Grand Slam tournament. Rubikina is more familiar with this stage. She won Wimbledon a little more than six months ago. Sabalenka from Belarus is seeded fifth, while Rubikina, who plays for Kazakhstan, is seeded 22nd. Both Rubikina and Sabalenka are among the most powerful players on tour, using big serves and ground strokes to overwhelm opponents. And that's a wrap for the January 27th edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA's Muck Bill Yabarro filling in for Sonny Young in Washington. And that's the sunny side of sports. Hello, I'm Carol Castiel, host of Press Conference USA, VOA's newsmaker interview program. 
Join us each Saturday and Sunday when we talk with authors, analysts, and policymakers who provide fresh insight on topics ranging from U.S. politics and foreign policy to science, culture, and global health. You can listen to Press Conference USA on the radio or online at voanews.com slash PCUSA. While you're visiting our website, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We'd also love to hear from you. Just send an email to PCUSA at voanews.com or connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash VOA or on Twitter at VOA. That's Press Conference USA every Saturday and Sunday on The Voice of America. VOA brings you the best in African music on the African beat. African Beat showcases the latest and the greatest of contemporary African music, from bobo music to hip life, bonga flavor to sukus, Afrobeat to Ndombolo and Makosa to Kwaito. The African Beat on VOA has it all. And it's happening right here, Mondays through Fridays at 09.05 and 20.05 UTC, right after the international news. VOA. VOA Africa is your trusted source for news, sports, entertainment, and music. Stay engaged with VOA Africa. We love to hear your voice. You can call us 24-7 on WhatsApp and leave a message. Leave comments, requests, or greetings. We may play your message on VOA Africa. Dial the international code PLUS1. Then, 202-258-3076. VOA Africa is always happy to hear your voice. The number again is the international code PLUS1. Then, 202-258-3076.